This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 454 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. For the entire universe of equestrian shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford at equestriancollections.com. Howdy, everybody. Glenn the Geek back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, and you're listening to Horse Tip Daily. Well, this tip was taken off of episode number 163 of Horses in the Morning for June 15th, 2011. It's the weekly thehorse.com segment, uh, Horse Health Weekly, we call it. And it was with Christy West and Dr. Jones, and I thought it was important to share it with you. If you haven't, if you did listen to the morning show that day, then you can skip this and go to the next one. But it was about fire prevention in your barn. It's something that we all should think about in light of all the fires that have been happening in barns here lately. It really makes us concentrate on this particular topic. And I thought they had some good things that just jog your memory and you go, oh, you know what? I really should do something about that. Something that you've been ignoring, you probably knew already, but uh, you ignored it. And let's not ignore it until it's too late. So this is, as I said, from Horses in the Morning for episode 163. And we're going to be back with this horse.com segment in just a moment, right after we talk about equestrian collections. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. Any given day, they have over $100 million of products for you to choose from. They know that riding and taking care of your horse takes up lots of your time, so Equestrian Collections is open for you 24-7. And their advanced technology allows you to find exactly what you need on the website and to check out in a little under seven minutes. This week, I wanted to encourage you to check out their tent sale and closeout sections. They have 42 pages of closeout and discounted merchandise for you at unbelievable savings. From riding shirts to bits to stirrups to helmets, and the list goes on and on. And the prices I see here just cannot be beat. Visit equestriancollections.com today. It's time for the weekly health report from thehorse.com. Fantastic information and Chrissy's attempt to ruin Glenn's lunch every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to ruin Glenn's lunch too much today, unfortunately. Uh, But we are going to talk about something very important and something that's been in the news. And thanks, you guys, so much, Chrissy and Dr. Jones, for calling in and being so timely with this topic. Um, Barn fires. Prevention, reaction, um, obviously inspired by Boyd Martin's fire. So please, you guys, take it away. I'll jump in with any questions. But, Christy, it's all yours. Go for it. All right. <clears throat> Thanks a bunch. Well, obviously, as you said, it's very timely and news, news, newsworthy, but it's, it's not just something we should think about when somebody's, barn fire, when somebody's barn burns down. It's something we should think about all the time. I mean, disaster planning and management is something that you don't just want to, oh, yeah, I should have been doing that all along. It's, it's really good to be proactive on this stuff. And one of the first things that you can do, it's not, not something that everybody can do with their own existing barn, but if you're building a new, a new barn, definitely think about um, how you can build it to prevent fires like using non-flammable materials when possible, such as concrete blocks, one of, the, one of the more obvious things. Not so much something you need to do with an existing barn, but um, non-flammable materials, wiring to code. It's amazing what you can find in, in houses and barns as far as wiring. I just recently bought a, bought a house about six months ago, and it's, re- it's really been interesting to me in working, working on the house. And that's in a house. It's supposed to be wired to code. 
things like a lot of things that weren't grounded that should have been, and this is this is horrible in a barn too. And um, you know, checking the wiring to see if it can be made safer with an electrician and not with a bunch of extension cords. I think Aaron might have some insu- input on that as well. Absolutely, the uh, whole going to find a place to plug my ultrasound in or my <laughs> X-ray machine in, and they've got this dusty line after line after line of extension cord going down the whole barn aisle. It, it's oh, just Lord. a recipe for disaster and stuff like that. So, you know, granted, extension cords are cheaper than an electrician, but you have to think about the the end result of having those possible fire. So uh, that that's huge for me if they could try to at least put in another plug midway down the barn or something to that effect that's, that's uh, you know, grounded and not extension cord after extension cord. And I think uh, you've also mentioned, Christy, too, is buying older barns. You know, you, you'll purchase a place and the barn is a little bit older. You probably should have an electrician come out. Just check the wiring and stuff, give you a quote, get a couple quotes if you'd like to update that wiring because they might have done it a little bit on the cheap because there is definitely not a code necessary for some barns on agriculture property depending on the state and counties you live in. Sure. And there's some things, and that, that sort of deals with things that we already have. What about things that people can do like right now to make any barn safer? There's, there's a laundry list of things that people can do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first thing that's easiest is you can actually have your local fire department come in and and peruse your barn and give you their two cents. But um, obvious things is don't store your hay in your barn. And we all do it because it's easy, especially in the wintertime. You don't want to go out in the cold, slip on the ice, you know, go through the muck to go to the other barn or the other shed or wherever it is that you store your hay and then bring it all the way back in. Worst comes to worst, put it in a large wheelbarrow for the night feeding or the next morning feeding if you have to run off to work. Um, you could probably put a couple flakes in there, but that still is a potential for a barn fire, even a couple flakes, because the amount of heat can start to smolder, and that's the very beginning, and you don't know what's going on until it actually combusts into a flame. Um, but that's number one is don't store your hay. And shavings, too, shouldn't be stored inside of a barn. Horses housed in it should be in a separate building. The other thing would be, believe it or not, clean out your cobwebs and the dust. Um, the electric electrical on your fans, you should have outdoor fans, fans that are basically um, made for outdoor use that are used to dirt and debris, but their mechanical workings should be cleaned off of the dust and dirt. Uh, there was a recall hey, doc, uh, doctor, on the box yeah, I gotta uh, say about that one is that 99% of the barns I've ever been into use the $15 fans from Walmart. Absolutely, and those things were on recall for barn fires. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. It was L A S K O box fan, and you can look it up. I think does the horse have that on their website? We do. The article number is one seven eight, or excuse me, one seven nine eight five. So the horse.com slash 17985. We did report on that. Of course. And then, you know, going along the electrical ideas is plain and simple. Don't store your tractors or your um, four-wheelers or whatever you have that moves your manure spreaders your barn aisle. I'll see those a lot of times. I get there first thing in the morning. They haven't started to clean the stalls yet, and they've got it parked in the middle because they keep it covered. Or they might have it on the outside overhang. That still is a combustible item that can trigger a fire in that barn. It should be in a separate shed again. And then, you know, 
your gasoline or diesel containers for that shouldn't be stored in the barn or near the barn. It should be in a separate container or a separate building. They actually make containers to put gasoline and diesel cans into or those uh, plastic uh, jugs, five-gallon jugs into. You can ask your local fire department about where to purchase those, but they're made for those um, uh, gas holders, and they're pretty nice. They're contained type items. And, of course, the most obvious is don't smoke in your barn. Put up no smoking signs. Make sure you keep everybody to that. To that. Uh, yeah, uh, duh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, jeez. Well, I think another one of those things too is that people people who don't smoke often don't think about giving people who do smoke a place to put put their cigarette butts when they're done. And one of the things that I think is easy is take take those containers for the cigarette butts and just put them far away from the barn. <laughs> Absolutely. Sort of Absolutely. draw them away that they can smoke somewhere else. I mean. Like if you it, don't give them a place like, to throw them, then they're going to throw them places they shouldn't, but just put it further away from the barn. Yeah, yeah like at the airport, you know. They they make a, the, the people that smoke stand all the way down at the very far end now. Yeah. <laughs> far away from everybody. Now, there are some that run, like, uh, offices. You know, if the, a boarding facility sometimes may do it, a breeding facility more than likely does it, but they may have an office at the end of the barn. They keep their computer equipment in there and their fax machine and things like that. Those are also items that can cause fires, you know, the the wiring of those equipments. If you've got them kind of lodged in behind a file cabinet and you've got it, you know, kinked, that would be something that could cause a fire. Also, filing cabinets with a lot of paper, that's another thing. You're storing, uh, you know, your um, health records of your horses in, in your barn. That's another area that could really torch and go very easily. <clears throat> And one of the other things that we talked about ahead of time is not not just the office stuff, but um, you know, prevention or dealing with the fire if it actually starts. Fire extinguishers. How many barns do you know that actually tell everybody where the fire extinguishers are and how to, and make sure that everybody knows how to use them? It just doesn't seem to happen as often as it should. <laughs> it doesn't. And and the we had a fire person come and give a talk to our clients uh, a few years back, and it was really really helpful. I, even on my part too, very good learning. Uh, and, um, educated type uh, um, talk. And the one thing we were going to offer back, but they never did get because they had some emergency or something, is is teaching fire people how to take a, how to halter a horse and take them out of a stall. Because a lot of times you might be the first one and only one there and you might not have anybody else who knows how to put a halter on a horse and you'll have all these emergency people helping you, but they don't have any clue how to put a halter on a horse and lead them out of a stall with the appropriate way to approach a horse, things like that. Not to mention a freaked out horse. Yeah, and you can do a trade-out. You can just say, hey, can you come and give a talk? And in turn, we're going to turn around and teach you how to halter a horse and make it a you know a county, citywide event type thing. And you get a bunch of volunteers that will help with that. And that, That's I guess, great. brings us to the next point. Make sure you have halters and lead ropes on your stalls or right next to the stalls so that you do have an, a, a means of putting it on the horse and taking it out. People store them in the tack room because it's neat and tidy, but that's not really the best place to store the halter and lead. You should have it right by the horse's head. Um, if you it's have a nice turnout paddock, to, go ahead. Yeah, it's nice. It's just nice, too, to have that halter handy just in case. Like, say you have a horse that gets loose. you got to grab something. You just grab the closest halter and, and go try to catch him or any reason that you would need a halter handy. I mean, how many times have you had to, like, oh, do I, do I have a belt on? At least I can put that around his neck, you know. <laughs> I've right, right. So exactly, exactly. Well, the other thing, too, is if you have turnout paddocks in the back, 
you know, you'll still need the halter and lead for those horses because they're still too close to the barn. There are there are two instances that I know of where the barn caught on fire and they went out back and the horses were in the outside paddocks and they were trying they were actually using a chainsaw to cut the wood paddocks open so the horses would run out of the paddocks and they turned around and they ran back into the burning barn. So, you know, you you have to have a means, uh, this is this other point, you have to have a second means of them exiting. Granted, it's another gate you have to check on your nighttime checks or your end-of-the-day checks. So if you had a gate that go, or a door that goes into your main aisleway of your barn, but then also an outside door that leads them to an escape route or a fire fire line, basically, to get them out of the barn, that also helps. But I do know of a particular veterinarian whose barn was burning down, and he was out there in his pajamas cutting his um, two-by-sixes down on the outside paddocks to try to get the, barn, the horses to run out away from the barn, and a couple of them went back into the barn. They had to shush them back out. Why did they well, do that? Yeah, well, that brings Here. up a good question, uh, because this came up, actually, when we had this discussion once before about fires and barns. Somebody posted, you know, shouldn't you just open up, shouldn't you just, okay, you got ten horses in the barn, there's a fire, you got to get them out, and you're there by yourself. Uh, somebody said, just open up the, you know, the stall doors and shush them out. You know, don't, don't even bother with halters. Just, you know, try and get them out as fast as you can, any way you can. That's not necessarily the best idea either because they run back in? They do. That's their safety place. The, the stalls are safety zone. Stalls where they get fed. Stalls, stalls are a loving place. They, they, they love that place. So they feel that when they're threatened or frightened, that's where they should be. So, so opening up the uh, stall doors and just shushing and praying for the best, is not necessarily a great idea. No, it's not. And, you know, a lot of them will have to be blindfolded to be taken out, too. So, you you know, having towels and stuff like that handy is, is a, a great thing. But, you know, that I wouldn't recommend hanging towels on every stall because they do get dirty and wet and things like that. But having now, an Aaron, access to towels and such would be good. Yes, we have not got to that chapter in Black Beauty, the blindfolding oh, yeah. of the running out of the stalls. So it, it, we will we will definitely get to that chapter shortly. Um, Good. Good. <laughs> it's uh, chapter sixteen, the fire. So st- stick around, people. We've got exciting adventures of Black Beauty and how to get horses out of the fire coming up. However, Aaron is going to keep us filled in until then. <laughs> well, the um, the other thing is, there's a couple good uh, websites besides the Horse.com, of course, that has and they're they're fire. Um, fire safety organizers that have put them together. And one actually had a drawing of a paddock holding area that the horses would be thrown into in case of a fire kind of thing. Because if you do just take them out of the barn and release them, they will turn around and come back in. So leading them out of the barn is an idea, but you also have to know where you're going to go with them. You know, that's so hard. i got to say, it's so hard because... You know, you're there by yourself. It's night, mm-hmm. and and the mm-hmm. barn's burning, and you got ten horses to get out. No horse owner wanna, wants to be saddled with that burden of deciding which ones are going to live and really which ones are going to die because you may not have time to get them all out. So I guess the instinct is open all the gates and just try and get them out the barn. That's your instinct. It says it is. get oh, as many out as quickly as possible, and this is the quickest way I can think of. Exactly. Well, and this- why we're talking about this now is so that you can think about what you would do in that situation and plan it out. And if you know, okay, I have to have a paddock area that's away from the barn that if I get them into it, they can't come back out and into the barn. Um, <clears throat> like, for example, say you're, you're second paddock down away from the barn. You say, okay, this is where everybody's going to go. And if you have, say, say, for example, you have a gate that blocks off an aisleway so that you could open the gate to that paddock, 
shut the gate that keeps them from getting any further than the paddock. And then if you want to open up doors and chew them out that way and then shut, shut them in the paddock and then go back for whoever didn't come back at, come, come with you, that may be an option too. Um, the, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, technical large animal um, emergency rescue, but um, this, this is uh, the Jimenez, is Rebecca and Tomas Jimenez, and they, they actually do recommend chasing horses through a fire lane to the paddock and then shutting mm-hmm. them into the paddock. So you're not just opening the gate and letting them go wherever they want or, God forbid, into the next into the nearby highway or anything like that, <clears throat> but you're, you're able to get them out and into a place where they, can, where they can be shut safely away from that burning barn. It could be just like the uh, lined, fenced, you know, pathway out to a, a pasture, like you're saying, Christy, and that pasture gate is open, but you do have to have a fencing that, that leads them the way. It's almost like a um, running chute of cattle, shoot, yeah. kind of running them yeah. Yeah, down, and that's what they mean by the fire line. So, Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. You made a good point right. earlier, too, about training the firemen. I never thought about that before, but, you know, they, they get trained. They get trained for in, so many different things. This is something I didn't even think about. Yeah, they, it's worked in numerous counties and cities where you kind of do a trade-off. Can you come and talk to my horse owners, and in turn, we're going to turn around and teach you guys how to halt our horse. Yeah. And it's which, a good time which seems like, oh, it can't be that complicated, but if you've never done it before, you have no clue how that halter works. Exactly. Well, I'm really scared of an animal that that's it's that much bigger than they are, and some of and it is probably just – go ahead. And an animal that's freaking out at the same time. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, what, what they can do, what they can't do, you know, if, and, and some things that, that to us may be common sense, but to them it's not so much like, you know, the fire engine pulling up right outside the barn with all the sirens on. And, you know, if there's still possibly horses inside, you know, they can probably turn off the sirens when they get to the property and, you know, not not be screaming the sirens at the horses that are still in the barn, you know, things like that. There are some that, rules and regulations, though, and I will interject this from our our barn fire meeting that we had. There are some rules okay. and regulations that require them to keep those lights on because others can right. find them. Right, of course. Just not Maybe not so much the sirens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, and another thing that we talked about a little bit is um, sprinkler systems and, you know, maybe – if you, if your if your barn has that, it can maybe keep the fire down until until the fire department can get there. How how easy are those to retrofit in an older barn? Well, the uh, I think it's a great to have. A lot of people don't have access to it. If they have ponds or lakes on their property, those are your you know optimal use of uh, like a fire or sprinkler system. You know, in veterinary clinics, we have requirements because we're commercial buildings that so we have to have some sort of sprinkler system or some sort of fire prevention at our places of uh, of work. So some of us have buried gallon, you know, 25,000 gallon tanks that they can use to put out fires in uh, commercial buildings and such if you're not in the city near a fire hydrant. And most of us aren't that have horses. We're out in the country. So if you have a pond or a lake on your property, having some sort of irrigation system that brings it up to a main pump and they can use that pump to put a fire would be something that would be tremendous, or that pump's hooked into a sprinkler system. Sprinkler systems are, you know, going to be costly, but in the long run, they may be life-saving. <clears throat> life-saving. Uh, we, we had somebody on before talking about having uh, first alert systems, having, you know, uh, mm. fire and smoke detectors that ring in the house so that, you know, you're not – so that something actually wakes you up if there's heat or smoke detected in the barn, so that gives you a fighting chance. Those are a little bit cheaper than the sprinkler systems, and I, I didn't even think uh, didn't even think about the fact that if you're on a rural property, your little water pump isn't going to keep up with a sprinkler system. 
Absolutely not. You'll have to have a bigger horsepower on that pump. And uh, if you're going to have that pump close to your <clears throat> barn for any fire reasons, consider budgeting down the line to put a sprinkler system in and just have it automatically go off. I'll give you my two cents, Glenn, on that, that uh, fire uh, uh, detector. I have them in mine, and I put them in as soon as I got into this barn. It was basically a barn made into a clinic. And uh, I came out numerous times and got to meet the firemen late at night, uh, only to find that I either had a spider walking through it or yeah. uh, cobwebs waving in front of it that would cause it to go off. So you definitely have to keep the cobwebs and dust down on those. And the spiders, I don't know what you can do about those. Ah, I didn't know that. They will trigger it. Yeah. Yeah, we had – even our house alarm would go off with that kind of stuff. But the uh, one of the things the guy talked about, they have these rope uh, – they're rope heat detectors. And they, they actually rope these things throughout the hay lofts and stuff, even in the hay. And they're mm-hmm. apparently less susceptible to the critters and things but they're because they're heat-activated. Okay. Um, so th- there's all kinds of different stuff. My impression of that was it was hugely expensive. But you know what? If you're, if you're buying a place and, and you can afford $10,000 to help protect it, then it's, prob- it's worth it. Yep, yep. Um, one more one more question, you guys, before we let you go. Um, uh, just because again, we're running out of time. We could talk about this forever because it's such a such an important topic to horse people. Now, Dr. Jones, Christy, what would you say is the number one? Definitely have this looked at because this causes more fires in barns than anything else. What is the number one cause of fires in barns? Hay stored in the barn. How, uh, you know, how does hay being stored in the barn cause a fire? It uh, smolders. It, it, heat is um, generated, especially in square bales, but also in round bales. Heat is generated in the center of that hay bale, and it's a bad bale, but you don't know which one's the bad bale. And it starts to smolder, fizzle, goes through all the stages, and then it combusts, and that's your uh, main source of wow. a, of a um, barn fire is haste in the barn. So whether it's stored yeah, above I- it in the loft or in extra stall all the way up to the roof or, you know, that kind of thing, it's it's definitely the source. I never would have thought that. I totally was expecting electrical. Um, It is your number one. Interesting. Well, you guys, thank you so much for educating us again on, on all of this. You know, I guess I never would have thought spontaneous combustion was a... Would he, uh, but you know what? I've heard of somebody's house doing that, or the hay, hay loft doing that. Unfortunately, they had their hay far away from their barns in a whole separate shed. Um, but, man, no idea, no idea uh, that that would happen. But you guys, thank you so much. And, again, we'll talk to you next week. And um, try next week to nauseate Glenn. I'm just going to ask. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we will do our best. Well, thank you to thehorse.com for bringing us all that good information every week on Wednesdays. You can listen to that at horsesinthemorning.com. You can listen live there or to the recorded episodes after they're done. And, of course, we're live Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. That was Jamie Jennings, my co-host, and I with Christy West and Dr. Jones from Florida. Well, we'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert in a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.